Adam Crowley Show. What is that? It's, there's some still, oh, there's some still stuck to my mouth. Get rid of it. I can't, it's awful. Okay, uh, should we, uh, I heard a little bit of Harry Carey. Uh, Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. All is forgotten. The Steelers pick up their first win of the 2018 season, and they're on their way to the playoffs, baby. Well, maybe. Or maybe they just stunk a little less than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Tell your kids, tell your wife, we're doing radio up in here. No Brian LaMartina today, getting some rest after last night's Steelers game, as he was in until about 4 in the morning. Shirtless Tom was also here late. He is behind the glass. He's tired. I'm tired. We all tired. Hell yes. Can the Steelers end the drama for one week? They won. AB made a play. Ben still has it. The defense took the ball away. Lev wasn't needed as Connor made plays when he needed to. Can they stay normal for one freaking week when a division team is coming to town? This game was so huge in terms of math. If they beat the Ravens on Sunday Night Football at home, where they've been very good in prime time, they're still in a good spot for the division. Had they lost that game, even beating the Ravens makes it look a little bleak. They needed it. They weren't perfect, but they needed it nonetheless. We've got Will Graves joining us coming up at 18 minutes here on the Crowley Show. We've got Ray Fittipaldo joining us at 6.20 to discuss everything that went down last night and whether or not the Steelers can avoid the drama for at least one week throughout the 2018 season. I will say this. Steelers won, but this is not yet a good football team. Did anybody watching that game last night actually feel better about the Steelers than they did before the game? Because I don't. I don't feel better about the Steelers at all, except for the fact that, hey, they won a game, and we're talking about all the things they did wrong after a win instead of talking about all the things that they did wrong after a loss. Here's what they did wrong. They gave up 17 points in three consecutive drives in the second half. That's not good enough. Cody Sensaba gets burned in the back of the end zone. Artie Burns, what a moron, bites on a double move when all you got to do is keep the chuckle head in front of you, and he gets beat for a touchdown. Mike Evans, corner of the end zone, touchdown. The inside linebackers still can't cover. The outside linebackers are just okay. T.J. Watt could be a star in this league. He's not one yet. Bud Dupree played well, but he left a lot on the table. How about the offensive inconsistency? They start out the game with a three and out and a turnover. They score 24 offensive points, but only in the first half. Don't score at all in the second half. Now, Charlie Batch on the postgame show with me last night said, well, they didn't need to score in the second half. Okay, one more touchdown puts the game away. One more touchdown, and Tampa Bay doesn't even think that they're in the game. They don't think that they've got a chance. So the offense and the defense need to work together. I keep saying it. 
these games being close, these losses, that tie, they aren't just about the defense sucking. It's about the offense being good in spurts and then non-existent for other spurts. Ben Roethlisberger's interception early in the game led directly to seven Tampa Bay points. The offense has to be better and more consistent. And the defense, well, they just got to be better. You know what else was bad? The kicker. He's hitting at 25% this year. One out of four. Nine out of 11. Extra points. You don't think that that's a big deal? I think it's a huge deal. Mike Tomlin said after the game, and he reiterated today in his Tuesday press conference, I'm going to keep putting him out there because he's going to eventually kick through it. He's that good of a player. I don't doubt that, but at what point does he miss enough that Mike Tomlin doesn't believe in him anymore? How many more games does that take? What if he misses another game winner? What if he misses another opportunity to send the Steelers to overtime? What if he misses a crucial 47-yarder like he did last night? If Tampa goes down and scores at the end of the game, if he had made the extra point in the field goal, it's a tie game. If not, which he didn't, and they score a touchdown, the Steelers lose. It very, really affects the outcome of games. And people don't talk about it because it's not sexy because it's special teams. It's also a coaching decision nightmare. If he misses a couple of kicks the next few games... If he continues to be woeful from kicking the extra point, you got to start considering going for two. You have to start considering punting the ball from your 35-yard line, taking a delay a game penalty. You have to decide whether or not you want to go for it on fourth and short from your 30-yard line. It makes coaching that much more difficult, whereas when you've got a kicker who can put it through the damn uprights, it's easy to just trot him out there. Fourth and three at the 30, ah, not worth the risk. Let's kick the field goal. Boswell. Boz Magic. Not anymore. That's a big problem that needs to get fixed. How about the penalties? Holy Jesus. 13 penalties. 155 yards. It is the most penalties that the Steelers have racked up, that any team has racked up, in the first three games of the season since the Raiders in 1950. 38 penalties through three games. The first two games, I thought, it's not that bad because the other team was being penalized just as much, and I thought it might be more so on the officiating crew. It ain't on the officiating crew right now, man. It's on Mike Tomlin. And I'm never the guy who wants to say, it's not a disciplined bunch, because Mike Tomlin's been unfairly criticized for that going back a couple of years. The penalties have never been like this. Now, though, it is a bad look on the coach, and a lot of these penalties weren't just the holding variety, weren't just the false start variety, weren't just the, oh, sorry there, got my hand cut up in the face mask variety. No, these are personal fouls, boneheaded plays that smart players absolutely cannot let happen. And a good coach makes sure it doesn't happen. When Darius Hayward Bay is screaming at an official when a ball lands on the one-yard line, it gets me asking the question, why in the sweet hell is that guy even on the field? Why is he even on the team? He's supposed to be a leader. Sean Davis, in his third year, pushes Mike Evans when he's five yards out of bounds. Dumb. Cam Hayward, a leader. He gets penalized on a kick. Leader. 
Dana McCullers. It's his fifth year on flipping scholarship. He gets penalized. Same kind of thing. Leader, right? John Bostic has been around in this league. He's a veteran. He was brought in because he's a communicator because they think so highly of his intellect. He hits a sliding Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's not just this year's penalty. That's last year's penalty. In the year before, 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 and over the annals of time, when a quarterback is sliding, you can't hit him. And just for good measure, just in case the referee may or may not have missed it, he hit him right in the head with his head. Undisciplined, stupid penalties. Mike Tomlin said the Steelers need to clean it up, and he went so far as to say today that it wasn't even good for television. People who are watching at home have to be beside themselves, and I bleep you not, if I didn't have to cover the game yesterday, if I didn't have to do the post-game show, if it wasn't my job, I wouldn't have watched it. I'd have turned it off. I'd have been looking at my fantasy ticker go up and down. I'd have had a few brewskis, but I probably would have watched The Good Doctor or something else. Or A Thousand Reasons Why, whatever the hell that new show is. There's a thousand little things that they keep shoving down our damn throats on ABC and ESPN. So that's the bad. There was a lot, even though they were able to win. Here's the good. Because this isn't a horrific football team. They're not yet a good football team. They're not horrific, though. The offense has a myriad of playmakers not named A.B. That much we've learned so far in the first three games. Juju Smith-Schuster is a stud and a half. Three straight 300-yard games. I know he ran the wrong route a couple of times in practice, and that means he's lit AF in a negative fashion. But he's the best receiver on the team right now. He's taking the mantle from Antonio Brown while Antonio Brown is taking the bulk of the coverage. He's been great. He was great last night. Made a great contested catch to really get the Steelers' offense moving, and he made the catch that got the Steelers' offense off the field. Or, pardon me, they kept the Steelers' defense off the field. Vance McDonald, finally healthy, catches the football, destroys Chris Conti, literally hurts the guy. He doesn't play another snap after that. Bruises his ego, pees in his eye, kicks some dirt on him, curb stomps him a little bit, and then goes 75 yards to the hizzy. Talk about a playmaker. That guy's one of the fastest tight ends in the league, and he showed he's got a little bit of strength there, too. This coming a week after, Jesse James had 169 nice yards receiving. James Washington made a nice couple of plays, including a third down. And James Conner, at the end of the game, when the Steelers needed to run the clock out, hadn't done anything in the running department. Had 17 yards. He goes 17 and 40, uh, pardon me, 17 and 27 in two runs in the last five minutes of the game to salt the thing away. The Steelers have weapons other than AB. And AB taking the bulk of the coverage helps them play well. I think it's becoming clear, though, that James Conner isn't Le'Veon Bell. But I'll be damned if I wasn't impressed with that last five minutes. And I'll be damned if I'm not going to be impressed by his pass protection. Where the hell did that come from? He was bad at it last year. He never had to do it at Pitt. He wasn't great early in training camp. 
and now he's very good at it, and he's really good at blocking a dude, knocking the guy on his keister, getting him out of the face of Ben Roethlisberger, and then quickly getting out in the route to make a play down the field. He does a lot of things well. He's still getting better. He's going to be even better than he is right now. So that was a good thing. The defense forced four turnovers. That's good. They had three sacks. They were disruptive. I thought getting pressure on Fitzpatrick really all night long. That's how you play defense in 2018. Well, at least that's how this defense has to play defense in 2018. They're not going to stop you. They're not going to keep you out of the score sheet. They're not going to keep you out of the red zone. They're going to have to stop you and hold you to field goals in the red zone, and they're going to have to make you turn the football over. And they're going to have to create negative plays to stall the drives they are able to stall. They will bend. You want to hope that they can't break, and you want to hope that they can set the offense up. So that was good. They have like a 400... 70 yards, though. That's not. Here's the last good takeaway. And maybe it should have been the first thing. Ben Roethlisberger on the road played well. That's now two out of three games that Ben's been good. 30 of 38 in this game, three touchdowns, made that crucial play, that clutch play at the end of the game to wiggle his way open and then throw the ball to Juju Smith-Schuster. If that Ben can show up 12 times out of 16, they've got a good chance to make the playoffs. If not, it's going to be dicey. Is A.B. going to shut up now? Didn't say anything today, I don't think. It's a Tuesday. He didn't talk on Tuesdays. I know he didn't do anything today. He's still not totally on the same page as Ben, but the team won, and he got a touchdown. So I think that shuts him up at least for a week. How about how quarterbacks are gods, and if you touch them, you'll get your hand cut off like Jason Pierre-Paul? That's a thing. That's why JPP don't have a hand. Wasn't fireworks. He touched Aaron Rodgers and Roger Goodell. He lopped that thing right off. Not funny, Tom? Insensitive? That's fair. Thought it was a nice burn. Now that's funny. There we go. We'll get into that more at 5 o'clock. This first hour's all Steelers. At 5 o'clock, we'll get into the ridiculousness of the NFL's roughing the passer rule that I didn't think was ridiculous three weeks ago, but I do now. I'll tell you why then. Ray Fittipaldo at 620. We got my man, Will Graves, coming up next. It's the Crowley Show. Adam Crowley. You don't know any of the lyrics? There are no lyrics. <laughs> but if I had to mix them up, I would probably go with, Oh, Chechnya. Oh, Chechnya, I love this freaking country. The Adam Crowley Show. Love that show. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Already had a couple of people questioning our cheese teas. Why are you running into a wall? Well, because that Isaiah douche ran into a wall last night. More embarrassed. More embarrassing, I guess, moment. That Isaiah dude running into the wall? Or Conti getting funked on by Vance McDonald? 
We bring in Will Graves of the Associated Press now to discuss. Which guy should be more embarrassed, Will? Oh, I mean, as uh, our buddy Stephen Edson of course, that tweeted last night, Chris Conti is required to retire. I mean, I, I just think that is, I mean, it's understandable where the ball's in flight. It is weird that he didn't pull up, you know, and he just sort of ran into a wall, but that's sort of in the course of making a play. I mean, this was just getting, I mean, Conti just got punked. I mean, period. So, I did by far. I mean, what's, What's the more? What's going to be the more difficult thing? I mean, this, that's going to live on forever, together, however long Twitter lives, I and mean, that's just going to be one of those things. See, I'd go the other way. I think you got to know where the end zone ends. You know, when you run past that giant goalpost, usually that means the wall's coming up. You know, when the grass isn't there anymore and you're running under concrete, yeah, that generally means a wall's coming up. Well, hey, let's say you know, uh, Grimble, right? That pass was, technically was the Grimble, even though Ben was throwing it away, right? I mean, Edwards was going pretty, he was going pretty full steam. He wasn't all out, but he was, he didn't exactly pull up. And maybe that's because he got <laughs> caught watching, uh, the other guy, but I don't know. I, I mean, it was, it was brutal, but I mean, I think in terms of like, what challenges your manhood more? I mean, I think Vance McDonald owning you for the rest of your life is a pretty solid bet. What noises did you make for each of the plays? Let me give you mine. When Vance McDonald ran through content and went, oh, damn! And when the other guy ran into the wall, I hate to say it because usually I'm player safety guy, I laughed so hard. I, I wouldn't say that laughter. Uh, I, I believe it was, I believe for the, for the wall play, it was, damn. Like, he didn't slow down. <laughs> But, I, you know, with, with the McDonald play is more of a laughter thing. I mean, that's more of like a giggle. I mean, that is everybody's dream, right? I mean, everybody when you, that has ever played football as a kid, that's one of those things that, you, I mean, when you just truck somebody, I, I think that is just, um, you know, something you sort of live for. So I think that you don't see it that much because these are technically professional football players, or at least Chris Conte was until about 9.15 last night. So, you know, I, I think for me I was more – like, concerned about the wall play, just sort of laughing. And then, of course, he, he left with a, quote, knee injury right after that. So, of course, he did. An ego injury. Will Graves from the Associated Press joining me here on the Crowley Show. Okay, Graves, the Steelers win, but it looks to me like they've got a lot of the same issues they had in the game that they tied and the game that they lost. So I actually don't feel any better about them if I'm a Steelers fan, albeit it's better to work on your problems when you get a win as opposed to losing and falling behind the eight ball mathematically. Right. I mean, I think that's basically what I wrote today. I mean, Mike wasn't very chatty today. Probably relieved that there were like six of us in the media room instead of 30. Um, you know, better to, you're right, better to win your lessons in a, in a victory than a loss. Um, you know, I, he makes a point. We're going to, I'm sure we're going to be hearing a lot about the penalties, and he's right in the sense that three games have been highly penalized. Both teams have gotten a ton of penalties. Um you know, that being said, you know, some of them, at this point, you got to clean it up. And they have traditionally. I mean, they have traditionally, if you go back the last five years, and I've written, I look in the archives, and I write a story in September about, oh, you know, they, they got their second in the league in penalties through three weeks, and they finished like 12th or 15th or whatever in the middle of the pack. So I don't want to panic, but there's a lot to work on. And, you know, some of the stuff is just, you know, sloppy. Like, how, you guys should kind of know this by now. So I, I don't know. I still think it's too early to get that concerned. That being said, the defense still looks like it's got problems. Um, and maybe it's going to have problems. And this is the bigger thing, and maybe you can give me your thoughts on this, but, like, defenses kind of suck in general. 
Okay, yes. and, and Pittsburgh doesn't exist in a vacuum. You know, the, the rules and then the way that the game is going, you know, it, it can't be 2018 and the rest of the NFL in 1976 in Pittsburgh. Okay, does that mean they should be underperforming for what you think they should be? Maybe not, but I just, I mean, everybody's going to get lit up at some point this season. So I'm not going to sit here and say, oh my God, this is, this team is never going to, it's not going to be any good because the defense is terrible. It just might, this just might be how it has to go for them. And they're hardly going to be the only team in the league that is going to have problems stopping people this year. Yeah, and you know what? It's a really good point. Will Graves from the Associated Press joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, we've seen this Fitzpatrick-led bunch beats the Saints, who I think are supposed to have a pretty good defense. On the road, they put up 48 points. Then they play the world champs, put up 27 on them. So they can do this to people. The Chiefs have put up 38, 42, and 38. So they can do this to people. I think the Steelers' defense is bad, but I think that it's not as bad as it seems playing those teams. Now, that being said, to your previous point, Will, you're not going to stop anybody, I don't think. Between the 20s, everybody in football can move the ball and everybody in football. I really believe that. You have to force turnovers. You have to pressure the quarterback. And I think they at least did those things last night that make you think, okay, you're not going to defend every blade of grass, but at least if you take the football away and stall some possessions, that'll help the offense, that'll help you win games. Yeah, I mean, I, that's absolutely right. I mean, I was asked before yeah. the game, I did a couple of hits, and they were like, what do you think they have to do? And I'm, I, it doesn't matter about the secondary. I mean, you're not, you you're not going to be able to throw out five Joe Hayden. You only got one. Okay. If you get your front five, meaning the defensive line and the two edge rushers, if you get those guys in the backfield consistently, you're going to and make them make decisions a fraction of a second sooner. You're gonna, they're going to make mistakes. And if that's how you have to be, like all or nothing, like if that's how they have to cover up the, the holes, like that's fine. Like I, I can sort of live with that. I'm not going to sit there. You know, if they give up 400 yards to Fitzpatrick, they have a 20 point lead at half, halftime, and part of that is because they force turnovers on four straight possessions. Those are problems I can live with. And I think, you know, that is sort of where this season is going to go. I think there's going to be a lot of games where it's going to be 31-28, 34-30. And it's, does that mean Keith Butler is the worst defensive coordinator in the history of man? No. Does it mean he's the best? No. Does it mean that they maybe have missed on some guys? Am I concerned about Artie Burns now? Um, you know, I, I wasn't until, like, that Mike Evans play. I mean, Mike Evans is a much larger than Artie. But just sort of like the way he was sort of futilely like grabbing at him and couldn't do anything, I was like, that's that's a problem. I mean, I, you know, I'd rather almost have my guys. If you're going to interfere with them, just take them out and don't let them catch the ball. So I, I just it's 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 it's, it's going to be a weird year. I think that there's going to be a even more so. You know, we talk about a week to week league. I mean, the Vikings with this greatest defense of all time and their Super Bowl favorites or whatever, they got housed at home by the Bills. You know, so I mean, it's just impossible. Just every week is sort of like this moratorium on this guy sucks or this guy's great. <laughs> and I just think you cannot make those rash decisions yet. It's still September 25th. All right, let's guess now at whether or not there's going to be drama this week. Will is this going to be the first drama-free week since 2015? <laughs> um, I, I think so. Oh, um, whoa, whoa, upset! I, I, you know, I. I I hope so. I mean, don't rephrase. I Bills so. over the Vikings, upset. You know, I just think that um, I don't know, outside of them tra- trading Le'Veon, which, again, doesn't make a lot of sense. No. Unless some team is stupid enough to trade for him. And on Le'Veon's side, whatever, who knows what their camp's thinking. But explain to me how a guy that's concerned about usage 
would be okay with being traded to another team as a rental player, and that team has no guarantees that it is going to retain him in the 2019 and beyond, therefore basically requiring them to run the wheels off to get the max value out of whatever the, whatever they give up, whether it's a second or third round pick or whatever, like that doesn't leave him any better off going into 2019 than it does if he sits out the whole year, if he shows up at week eight and plays as a part-time player for six weeks. So um, that's the only thing I can see um, I, I sort of simmering up. But that's a, and that, that whole thing is weird. And again, to listeners out there, if, if it can wait until a TV show at 1230 on Sunday, it's not news. Okay, let's just get that out there. Will Graves joining us here on the Crowley Show. Graves, I'm usually the defend the coach guy. I'm usually on Team Tomlin. Uh, 38 penalties through three games, I think, is the most to start a season through a three-game span since 1950 by any team. That's a lot. Penalties are up throughout the league, though, but that is a freaking lot. It looks bad for the people who do want to crush Mike Tomlin, though, or at least it looks good for those people. They can say, oh, look, they're an undisciplined outfit in. I don't know if there's much that I can say to defend him at this point. I mean, it, well, it does I mean, have to know, come back to the coach, uh, doesn't it? I mean, but they bring – look, I, I, you, I've been there. You go to practice. You see them, you know, during – even this is even during mini camps and OTAs and, and during – obviously during training camp and even occasionally during the season. They bring referees in to run practice. They review penalties. So I just – you know, I, he can't – this might be more, uh, maybe if you want to blame somebody, like if they're not doing it, maybe it's Kevin picks guys that weren't smart enough to get penalties. If you, if you want to take it to that <laughs> step, I'm not saying that's the case necessarily, but I, you know, they are taking, I don't think they're ignoring the problem. I really, really don't. That being said, I just don't know, you know, it, you also make mistakes. I guess the flip side could be, you know, you also make mistakes when you're not doing things the right way. And so you commit. You block somebody in the back. Uh, you you know you hit a quarterback late, although who knows what that rule is and what is it isn't a penalty anymore. Uh, but yeah, I mean any any little fuel there. Look, there are people. This guy has what doesn't have a losing season in 10, 12 years, whatever it is. Right. And there are people that think he sucks. I, you know, I, I I grew up rooting for the Redskins. The Redskins, I think, have had five winning seasons since I graduated high school, and I'm forty four years old. So I'm sorry. I you know I live in a world that exists outside of. You know, the three-mile radius of Heinz Field. So I'm not going to sit there and kill Mike Tomlin as a bad coach because his guys get penalties. Um, and traditionally, as I said when we started talking, they do clean it up as the season goes on. You can look it up. There are websites where you go and track this stuff, and it will show you your penalties from weeks one through four and then four through about five through eight or whatever. They do traditionally get better. So I'm going to, I'm going to give them a little bit of a pass. If this continues into to Baltimore and beyond and it continues to grow, then, yeah, I'd be really concerned. But right now, I still think it's a little too soon because their history is that they do sort of get better at it. All right. I know that they bring referees to practice. Here's here's what I think that Mike Tomlin needs to do to prove that he's not just a cheerleader. I think he needs to take the smallest guy on the team, Ryan Switzer. I know he didn't do anything last night bad. And you waterboard him. And you say, this is what happens <laughs> when you do something wrong. This is what happens when you commit a penalty. You will get waterboarded. It will be uncomfortable, and it will happen to every single one of you as long as you defy me. That's how you do it. That's how you get in their heads. I don't know. I mean, maybe you send them to go babysit Le'Veon. You know, maybe that's the penalty. That kind of looks I, I fun. Don't I, no, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just I don't know if you want to make a – you know, the, the weird part is, like, it's, as little as we think of, like, Ryan Switzer, like little Ryan Switzer, right, if you look at Hilton, Hilton isn't any bigger. And All right, fine. Waterboard Hilton, I guess. I mean, geez. Remarkable. 
mean, you want me to waterboard Hilton? Is that what you're saying? We like Mike Hilton, man. Don't, don't waterboard Mike Hilton. His elbows I'd be okay are... with other players being waterboarded. Guys, you know, <laughs> then again, Crowley, as I was told, don't care about my problems. Just happy I got them. You so, think Antonio Brown's happy that the Steelers won, even though he only had 50 yards? Uh, he scored a touchdown on Monday Night Football, so I imagine he's happy about that. Yeah, it was um, only 27 yards. Ben did most of the work, really. I mean, you know, I asked Mike today, you know, I mean, he's getting a lot of balls. He's just not getting a lot of yards. Is that being defended? And he kind of gave me not going to pay with the broad brush stuff. <laughs> I mean, it was a really, like, that was the most explosive I've seen Antonio. But I wonder about the, just the route. I mean, you're going to pay a guy $18 million to be an underneath slot receiver? Maybe you should. I mean, look, Juju's been great. I mean, Vance McDonald obviously looks like a guy. Jesse James is getting downfield. James Washington's getting downfield. So if that helps open other things up in the team concept, that's fine. But I, I'm sure Antonio knows exactly what his yards per catch is, and he's probably not thrilled about it. Definitely not. All right, you want to see Mike Hilton get waterboarded instead of Ryan Switzer. There's something going on there. I mean, you are from Virginia, as you said, so... Uh, we'll just leave that there, okay, Greg? And how about you going to WVU, enjoying yourself while I'm working, by the way, and, and making an honest living, and then you're not even texting me like, hey, what are you doing? I'm going to Speedy's after the game. Take a, go to Freshman Bar. You, didn't, you don't even text me to see what's going on. You and Rossi were both there, and I didn't know that either of you were there until I left. I assumed you were with Rossi because you guys tweeted when you were basically sitting in the same section. He might have seen me because I think he was a couple rows back because they put me up real close because I'm a huge deal. And they put him back. I, I think he might have seen me but didn't say anything because he didn't want to hang out. Maybe. I don't know. But I know that I was talking to a couple of kids that worked for U92 and they didn't know who you were. So. What? Just saying. U92 has recently gone through some problems, but we won't talk about those on the air. Uh, appreciate the time, Graves. Be good. I'm going to tell Mike Hilton you want to hurt him. All right. See you, dude. There you go. Will Graves. AP. Crowley Show. Tom has a funny story from this weekend. I was at the West Virginia game. I was pounding back beers. And yesterday he comes to me and he says, Crowley, I know why you called me on Saturday. I said, what? I didn't call you on Saturday. He said, the second pit lost, you called me and left a voicemail and I deleted it immediately. I don't recall doing that at all. I don't remember dialing the phone. I think he made it up. No, that legitimately happened the second that the game was decided that north carolina was going to beat Pitt, the phone rang and it said adam crowley and i knew you were drinking at west virginia i immediately ignored it two minutes later you know the voicemail message pops up i immediately deleted it which in retrospect i wish i didn't do that because we could have definitely used whatever you said to me or slurred at me on that voicemail to play back on the air but i was just so triggered that Pitt lost, and i knew you were making fun of me but did Pitt lose? Yeah, they did. To North Carolina again? Yeah, again. They wow. did it again. What a disaster. I know. Total bleep show. Coming up next, the defense stinks, but I'll tell you how you can win even though you stink. It's Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Are you putting me in a position to pull a Phil Kessel or something like that right now? Is that what you're saying? I think you did pull a Phil Kessel, and now we're calling you on it like we're calling Dunlap, baby. <laughs> Oh, man. Am I on the air right now? Yeah, you're on the air. Oh, I love it. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh.
Steelers defense stinks. I'll tell you how they can win even with that crappy defense in a couple of minutes here. I told a story in the last segment that was really Tom's story to tell. He was kind of butthurt that I told it instead of him. I was looking him dead in the eye as I told it to. I was drunk on Saturday, peeing next to my friend Wes Euler, who does a lot of fill-in stuff here on ESPN Pittsburgh. He currently is hosting a show with Matt Williamson on Steelers Nation Radio. And Braden says that the message that I left could be recovered. And I didn't think that was the case. I didn't think that was possible. I thought when you deleted something, it's gone forever unless you work with Homeland Security or something. The NSA. No, Braden's right. We've uncovered the message. I may or may not have been peeing behind a tree when I called Tom. We'll get to the message as soon as it's in. It is incriminating, but it is funny. And we are always fully transparent here on The Crowley Show. Let's go to Devin. He's been waiting for a little while. He's first up on the program. What's up, Devin? What's up, man? Just two questions, and I'm going to hang up. All right. Maybe, maybe you can answer the first one. What is going on with 970 in the morning? Like, the regular commercials be on, but it'd be like some conservative nut job show on. What are you talking second, about? Oh, I didn't hear anything like that. I didn't know there was a conservative nut show on. <laughs> and uh, the second No, wait, one is, second, one second, Devin. I'm not allowed to talk about it. I've been asked not to, I uh, believe. Is is the line? Yes. So I can't talk about there maybe being a conservative talk show on from eight o'clock until ten on ESPN Pittsburgh. It, it, it's just a rumor. To us. It's a rumor. It I'm not allowed not to talk. People have been calling all day asking me why the hell it's on. I didn't know it was on, so that's all I can say. Missing my mic and mic, but anyway. Uh, and the question, the second question is like, you'll just see if you can answer it for me. It's like a statement and a question. Artie Burns poop. Goodbye. <laughs> Devin gets the show. Uh, let me answer it the only way that I know how to, Devin. Artie Burns, poop. When Cody Sensabaugh is the guy who's going to be your replacement, that's not good. Consider who Tampa Bay trots out there at the wide receiver position. You got Mike Evans. He's one of the best overall receivers, I think, in the National Football League. He goes up and gets the ball. He can pull it off your helmet. He can get behind you. He's got huge hands. He's got long arms. He can jump. He's a freak. You in a garden with Cody friggin' Sensabaugh? I get the Steelers want to play a lot of zone and keep it in front of them yesterday and tackle the catch and do all the Dick LeBeau-type stuff that they used to do when Dick was around. But that's a bad sign for Artie. And it's a bad sign for Cam Sutton. Consider who else they've got on the offensive side at the wide receiver position, does Tampa Bay. And Deshaun Jackson, one of the fastest players ever to play the game, has just as many 50-yard touchdowns in the league as Jerry Rice does. The most ever. He just set that record last week. You're going to tell me Cody Sensabaugh is going to defend one of those guys? This is nothing against Cody Sensabaugh. He's a pro, but barely a pro. And it has everything to do with just how bad Artie Burns is and how disappointed they are in him for the way that he's progressed or really the lack of progression. Now, on the postgame show last night, Charlie Batch brought up a good point. He said, what if it's like 2005 with Ike Taylor? Ike Taylor hadn't done much, so they bench him, and then Ike Taylor comes out and is a really good player for the rest of his National Football League career. Maybe they're just trying to send young Artie a message. I hope it's that. 
Either way, it tells you that they don't think that he's progressing the way he needs to progress. And it stinks because the guy's got the physical tools. He's got the speed. I think he's got decent ball skills. It's all between the ears. It's all his thinking. He gets beat on a double move yesterday when the Steelers are nursing a lead. What's the one thing that Tom Bradley probably told the Steelers secondary when they were trotting out there on the field at the end of the game? Don't get beat deep. You can give him the slant all day long. Don't get beat deep. And he gets beat deep. It's just moronic. It's freaking unacceptable. It's bad coaching, and it's awful execution by a player. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. The defense stinks, but here's how you win when you stink on defense. First of all, you need a good offense, and the Steelers have that, albeit it's inconsistent. You've got to take the football away, and you've got to be stingy-ish in the red zone. The New England Patriots last year weren't a good defense, but they were great in the red zone. The New Orleans Saints, when they won the Super Bowl, they weren't a great defense. They could take the football away, and they were good in the red zone. The Baltimore Ravens, when they won the Super Bowl, they were great in the red zone. You're going to give up points. You're going to give up yards. But it's minimizing the points by letting up field goals. And if you just allow the other team to go between the 20s, but you take the football away, you're fine. A couple of years ago, Steelers go to the AFC Championship game, and they were the best team in football at forcing turnovers in the red zone. And it was credited to the Steelers using seven shots as a way to practice that. And I feel that that is the recipe for success for this team. It's like Big 12 football. And I know I'm a West Virginia guy, and you're a homer crowd. I know one wants to see Big 12 football. Well, 2018, everyone's getting closer to playing Big 12 football. They're getting closer to it in all the other conferences in college. Penn State's chucking the ball all over the yard. Ohio State chucks the ball all over the yard. They're doing it here in the National Football League. Everyone's chucking the ball all over the yard. You can't defend the blade of grass the way you could in 2008. You can't defend the way you could in 2010 when you could kill people. Now you can only hope to take the football away and stop them in the red zone. Yesterday was the perfect blueprint for how the Steelers need to win. Now, if you're going to give up 27, do it more over the course of the game instead of just giving up 17 points in a row. Be more consistent. But I think that that's the recipe. I think if you find a way to force turnovers, you find a way to get create some negative plays, tackles for loss, sacks, make the other team drive the length of the field. Maybe they'll commit some penalties. I think that's the recipe for success in the league in 2018, and I think that's the only recipe for success that the Steelers' defense can be good this year. 412 Your thoughts on the Steelers' defense, and I guess the specific question is, do you feel better about the defense after last night? I don't, but I think I saw the blueprint. Again, 412 Pete tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Already burnt. Good one. Original. Hadn't heard that yet. I'm going to have to knock some sense by into you. Is this defense going to get better? I ain't hating my breath. That was terrible. 
No. Oh, I should have said what? Damn it. Here's me, drunk, admitting that I was peeing on a tree and talking crap to Tom. Hey, Tom. uh, Rumor has it that your football team is losing. So uh, I just wanted to give you a heads up. I'm drinking some beers about in your field. Let me just say, this is the first time I've actually heard the message. I'm so glad I deleted it in the moment on Saturday because I would have thrown my phone through a freaking <laughs> wall if <laughs> I heard that message right when I found out. Right, literally that message was delivered to me when it was like it was finally you're coming to the realization there's no chance Pitt can win this game anymore. They just lost to North Carolina again. I'm a little irritated with you, to be honest, Tom. Why is that? Uh, A, because you delete my message, and B, because we have two calls coming on the line, and you don't answer the phone. I did answer the phone. They were robots. They were not robots. Yes, they were. It's 2018. Do you want to come back and answer the phones and find out? There are no robots in 2018. (laughs) Oh, buddy. Now I'm trying to figure out whether or not I was peeing behind a tree or if I was peeing at Mountaineer Field, because I did say there that I was at Mountaineer Field. let's, Let's play it one more time. My drunk, mean crank call to Tom after Pitt found a way to lose to North Carolina in football on Saturday. Hey, Tom. Uh, rumor has it that your football team is losing. So uh, I just wanted to give you a heads up. I'm drinking some beers about in your field. Outside the Star Hills. <laughs> Suck it. That was Wes. We're peeing together. He doesn't know I'm here. Goodbye. Yep. Okay. I finally recall what happened. Wes was actually peeing in the urinal. And I had left him about 10 minutes before that. I then went in to pee. I saw him going. I told him I was talking to Tom as I was peeing. And that's what happened. I like how you, right now, you're going, I, I can't believe you delete my messages, Tom. That's that's unbelievable of you. But I was very justified in deleting that message because I was worried that that was going to be the very nature of the message that you left. So which you're a snowflake. I to delete. I'm a huge snowflake. I'm the biggest fan of the show. Well played. Road Ben was good. What? We'll talk about that when we come back. And one moment changed my mind last night on the NFL's new roughing the passer point of emphasis. I'll explain. It's the Crowley Show.